Welcome to Closing the Digital Divide, the show where we bring in guests from industry, policymakers, and others. Here on CTDD, we strive to educate, inform, share, and share valuable insights and create meaningful conversations on closing the digital divide. I am excited to have uh, my friend and my guest here with us today, Mr. John Holden. John and I met many, many uh, years ago, back when uh, he was still here in good old Stafford County, um, leading the EDA. John, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Charles. It's great to be here. Am I? Uh, I'm not muted. Okay, yeah. Dig- speaking of digital divide, uh, hey, it's great to join you. It's good to see you, and uh, look forward to the conversation today. Absolutely, John. I've been I've been watching uh, you since you migrated south here um tell us a little bit about um what you did here in in stafford county and the the phenomenal work that you're doing down in raleigh well thank you for that um i well the judgment's still out i think but uh well uh uh, yeah i was uh i started i I was for five years i was the director of economic development and tourism in stafford county um Mm -hmm. and in that role um worked a lot with our economic development authority and had the opportunity to uh, partner with uh, the state Virginia Innovation Partnership Corporation, uh, some private companies and and stand up the, the Virginia Smart Community Testbed, which is right there in Stafford. Uh, people may know it as the old 7-Eleven, but that's a secret we keep. Um, and in that facility is a is a now a Virginia-based program that helps um, technology companies test out and deploy uh, their smart city technology. Now, what is that? That's various things from sensors to data security devices to analytics, um, devices that measure water, devices that measure air quality, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The interesting part is an economic development role. It helps grow technology businesses, and I think at least two now are located in Stafford as a result of that program being there. Uh, but in doing that, um, I got really, I've always been fascinated by the human mind and creativity, right? Which mm-hmm. is the first component to innovation, which is a part of being an entrepreneur, whether, whether you're in technology or making the, the next best, you know, cupcake. Um, so um, in working and setting up the that test bed, um, I got to engage with people down here in Raleigh. Um, uh, the, the Triangle area has been a historical place of uh, entrepreneurship and technology. You know, SAS started here. Epic Games started in this region, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, this position came available, uh, which was a new position to the city called the Smart City Manager. And um, I was uh, lucky enough to um, start in that role on May 1st. And um We'll be talking about some of the things, you know, in three and a half months I've been trying to do and learning to do in a bigger city with more departments, more people, you know, learning all that. But also, um, as you know me, I like to I don't like to plan. I like to do planning and uh, uh, try to move things along. So uh, there's a couple of things we're doing that that we'll talk about in a minute. But so that's my role here. It's it's slightly different. It's still kind of it's obviously in the innovation world. and it's in smart cities world um and much like economic development what i've discovered uh, meeting other colleagues working in quote smart cities is it's a big broad term right and everybody wants to be a smart city and it means right. everything from 
you know, the, the technology thing. Two, the important issue of, uh, you know, getting everyone, all citizens, uh, equally into the digital economy, right? Everything today, almost everything today you have. I was at the DMV the other day, and there was a gentleman in front of me, an elder gentleman, uh, who couldn't, uh, he had an appointment, but he had to use his phone to to say I'm here at the appointment. And he, he right. frankly didn't know how to do it, and his phone wouldn't do it. So, again, we all need to be connected, right? And and right. that's part of the, the next phase, uh, which we'll get to, I imagine, of the digital divide. Sure. So, John, when you when you got down to to Raleigh, um, Raleigh's, you know, as you mentioned, big city, bigger city mm-hmm. than, than here in, in Stafford. What was the state of the digital divide there of yeah. of digital equity, uh, equality, of of digital literacy? What what was the state? What did you find when you got there? I would say. Uh, um, Right now, it's um, what I discovered here. It's um, significant amount of awareness from public policy leaders, mm-hmm. um, and not just awareness, but then actually resources into trying to do things about it. So, Wake County, of which Raleigh is a part of, unlike Virginia, where counties aren't part of cities, et cetera, et cetera, right. um, is 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 rich in fiber. We've built out fiber. Some could be improved, some could be, you know, stronger, et cetera, but that's not part of the divide. The the divide is people having access to it and knowing how to use it. And that's what I've found policy leaders are aware of down here. There are other places in North Carolina that need fiber and that's a thing. So I don't know the numbers, but the state has a, a major, like Virginia, um, program to you know build out fiber or have companies build out fiber um sure. but they've they've cut off a portion they, they've also have a portion to focus on the human aspect of that and there's a new programs being set up right now in north carolina um that uh, are focused on the not just the the physical infrastructure of the digital divide, but actually engaging people and um having to learn that and, and using it in a way to um, improve access in terms of the human capacity. And um, every um, county in North Carolina is required by law to have a digital equity plan. And uh, Wake County is now um, engaging in uh, a request for proposals to do that. A number of them have, have done it, um, but that was just required like in the last couple of years, I guess. So it's, wow, that, my, that's why I say it's it's an awareness that is sure. at least it became I became aware of the awareness in my role here. I, I don't know the situation in other places. <laughs> so speaking of speaking of your yeah. role, yeah, <laughs> like I yeah. said, I I, I can't uh, turn on LinkedIn where I, I see you guys are involved in something, yeah. and, and yeah. I know you got the summit uh, piece going, but. Yeah. Tell us about that role and and and, and sure. what you're doing down there to, yeah. to help create so, this this Raleigh. What, what do you guys call it? Smart Raleigh. Smart Raleigh will be the plan. Although as just as I've indicated, it's going to be a plan that continues to evolve. Built sure. inside that plan will be how to address digital equity and digital inclusion. Um, 
that doesn't minimize it. It just makes it part of a coordinated effort, which is the, the major thing I've been trying to do here. Um, not just within the city. Um, I think it's fair to say, as with a lot of jurisdictions of any size, um, you know, uh, different departments will go off and do cool things, right? And sure. Raleigh is doing that. We've got great programs in Raleigh Water and, and, and transportation and IT, but they're not always um, coordinated and integrated, right? Um, mm -hmm. And some can't be from a data purpose. You know, there's all the data security, data governance issues, but sure. I think part of my role is to help coordinate and bridge the, some of those things, where, particularly where we're looking at ways to improve things, right? Um, and so that'll be part of the strategy, part of the plan, if you will. Um, but more, as much as that is, uh, Raleigh is the center of the, you know, famous research triangle, which has been branded for 30 years, right? Um, and so I, 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 one of the initiatives we, we, I launched upon was, okay, let's all work together um, because, and not that we haven't been, they have been, but that's the next phase of being a true smart region or a connected community, whatever the terminology you might want to use. Um, because at the end of the day, it's not, it may be in our lifetime, Charles, um, the autonomous bus is going to go from Raleigh all the way to Durham um, across three or four jurisdictions, right? County, city, and mm -hmm. that bus has to talk to everybody's data in between there. Uh, and have the systems in place. So at the end of the day, we have to figure out as a nation um, how we do this across jurisdictions. And and that's what we're going to try to explore. And in, in you mentioned the summit at the at what we're calling the um, Connected uh, Triangle Plus Summit. Um, uh, start to explore that in, in more detail, right? And how we do that as a region here, but also learn from other regions. Um, connected being smart, uh, triangle being the brand, and the plus referring to the fact that um, the jurisdiction never ends, right? If, if we learn to work between city A and city B, well, city C is next or county X, right? So at some point, the technologies and the information needs to flow securely and safely, but seamlessly across jurisdictions that have different systems and different internal vendors, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. That, that's, the, that's the big challenge, right? But buried in that is the importance of just understanding that, yeah, there's, there's ways to improve um, people's lives regardless of their socioeconomic situation. Um, and we have to do it through technology because it's, it's pervasive in our world. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, that was a mouthful. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, yeah. I mean, you, as you were talking here, I'm, I'm like, man, this, it, it seems like a, a voluminous, huge <laughs> yeah. effort. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it is. It is. And, and every once in a while, I have to step back. And, and the way we're going to do this, if I could go on, is sure, absolutely. we're going to do it through um, the KISS method, right? You know okay. what the KISS method is, everyone, yeah. if you don't know, it's keep it simple, and then there's a, another word, right? Um, right. Uh, and pilot projects, much less what we started to do in Virginia with pilot projects. So, mm -hmm. uh, for example, um, I'm working in a, a small neighborhood that ha happens to have a small park embedded within it. It's an immigrant 
uh, neighborhood, neighborhood with a lot of immigrant population. Um, and so this park has become a bit of a cultural center, right? And there's programming around that. Super. Um, but there's no Wi-Fi. Uh, there's, there's less Wi-Fi in the neighborhood and there's no public Wi-Fi in the park. So we're looking at a project just really simple in that park. Can we put a Wi-Fi mesh in place securely, safely, that will help the programming and help the individuals learn how to access the programs that are available? But then also have human programming in place, if you will, events or pieces of paper that educate people how to use. Because if you don't, if you're not on the system, you don't know how to use the system. So Absolutely. there's a combination of both that we have to start. And I, this has just dawned on me in the last few months being down here is we can't keep just pushing out the technology. We need to push out the education on how to use the technology to everyone, uh, whether you're, you know, wh whatever your socioeconomic or age situation may be. So and the, and the, simple projects to do that, right? Mm -hmm. And you build and you, and you add those components and then you say, okay, how do we do that now on a city, you know, a, a main street in a city, which is, you know, 10 blocks long, right? Because then it gets more complicated with the technology and, and population. And, and I, and I love that, that, you guys are, are bringing in that that human education element, right? Because it's as you said, you can you can bring you can bring people, and I'll use the analogy of fiber. You can bring fiber to the home at, at gigabit speed, but now what do you do with it? You know, it's 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 like uh, it's 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 like having a Maserati in 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 uh, in uh, Stafford County here, you know, <laughs> there ain't too many roads where you can really. It's it's nice to have, but you know, well, what the, am I gonna do with it here? Transurban's um, opened up the lanes now. You can go straight into DC. Come on. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> we got ten miles of uh, pretty good speed here. Um, John, can, you 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 mentioned a little bit about the the bus that would go from Raleigh to Durham. Yeah. Um, can you talk about some other specific? Uh, project that are that are going on. Um, I mentioned the the, the cultural center and, and the park mm -hmm. as an example. Um, we are um, um, in the midst of a second phase of a project where we're uh, analyzing um, four intersections in the city uh, from cameras, um, no facial recognition at all, uh, but the cameras. Um, are learning or we're having smart people take the video feeds and learn about the traffic flows in these intersections so that um, ultimately if you do that in another intersection in another intersection you build connectivity and you improve traffic flow of course that that's a no-brainer but the interesting thing is we can learn about what we call near misses and 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 there's a there's a there's a worldwide initiative called Zero um, Vision Zero to reduce traffic fatalities and, and pedestrian fatalities or injuries for that matter. So one of the things we could learn is, you know, does a pedestrian step out at the wrong time? Are there ways to improve the traffic flow or, or in some way? Um, or if uh, there's an event around the corner that lets out at six, how does that impact the pedestrian flow and the vehicle flow at that intersection? And again, 
with a with the future of AI, we start to learn these things again safely, securely, with governance in place um, to prove the safety of of pedestrians and traffic at an intersection. But think of the economics. Here's where I come in, right? So if this isn't a block that perhaps has um, uh, small businesses of various types, and maybe it's in a block that's uh, in a um, you know traditionally left out neighborhood, right? Whatever you want to call those things, disadvantaged right. neighborhood. We could take some of that data and say, well, look, business X, if you knew how to use this data, again, without personal and identification information, mm-hmm. and we start to program it with with events and things, then we can, there's ways to, for the business to learn, hey, I'm going to have a mad rush, and maybe I need to staff up, or it's right. going to be slow because everybody's going to be walking that way. Maybe I need to put a sign out front and say, hey, come this way, <laughs> whatever it is. Go that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the kind of data that, that, we all have to start to be able to use and interpret uh, again with all the rules and, and governance in place. Mm-hmm. So, and and really, the the data has always been there, right? It if if an event happened, data yes. is created. Yes. It's, it's it's now okay. We got all this data. How do we use it in right. a smart way? that we can improve the quality of life or the economics around exactly. that, that event. And I exactly I, I and the quality of life busy with the that. quality of life falls on the public, uh, sure. the governments. I mean that's the role of, of government, generally speaking, <laughs> without getting into politics. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's also that data, um, much of it, you know, should be available to the public or the businesses. And 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 that's where entrepreneurship and innovation comes in, right? Whether it be a particular business or someone who can develop an app for a business that says, "Hey, look, you know, you're you're two blocks from the convention center. We now can get data on who's at the convention center, i.e., like the popul, you know, what what's the demographics, what's the event, right. and what's the demographics, and and we can then maybe predict that that demographic is right for your business or not." Right. And, right, right. and then you could uh, maybe advertise at the center and say, hey, come three blocks this way. If you're of this, you know, you know, if you're my market, I can, you know, and you can measure that. Right. You can actually measure return on investments and these kinds of things. So, again, as a long way before we start to get everyone engaged in this, the, econ- the, the business owners, the managers, salespeople to understand all that and to make sure the data is indeed secure and safe and, and accurate for that matter. Um, but that's where we're starting at this point in the year 2023. That's where we are right now. That That's all going to start to happen. And uh, we want everyone to be, have that opportunity, whether you're a, you know, a McDonald's, which is understanding that, right? Because they have sure. the corporate wealth, uh, wealth to do that, or a, a minority business on Main Street that's, you know, selling great Pakistani food, for example, right? Right, right. So you 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 touched on this a little bit, and and mm. it, it sparked questions mm. um, because not everyone is adaptable to change. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has been and, and don't have to get specific, but what has been kind of the general feedback from the community that that you guys yeah. are getting with this initiative? 
Well, it's still early. I, Charles, I started in May. So uh, there's a lot of community um, outreach we need to do. Uh, we'll be working with, we're lucky enough as a large municipality to have a uh, an office of community engagement. So, uh, for example, they've just recently purchased uh, a van that can go to a neighborhood and do community engagement activities. Well, some of that I hope to include some of the things we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just in the early stages of, you know, how do we do that? How do we, you know, what do we do, right? Um, so, and and there's an openness, there's a real openness in this city, in the city of Raleigh to further engage the community in all aspects of life, whether it be, you know, affordable housing or the digital divide. There's a real eagerness to do that. Um, but as a you know city government, we're still figuring out and learning how to do that with you know limited budgets and everything, all those complications that sure, you know sure. come into play, right? Um, so yeah, there, there's a real um, eagerness uh, I've seen. Um, you know, we have a strategic plan here. Most jurisdictions, you know, have gotten into doing strategic planning as well. Um, and our office actually helps uh, make sure we're staying on track and implementing the strategic plan it doesn't fall in our office to do it we're the office of strategy and innovation um but smart city work is part of that right you know sure sure um so there's there's a real openness and that was part of the the opportunity i had to come here and and, and learn and contribute what i can and hopefully yeah i'll still be, well, here. And, and, and I'll still be here after this podcast <laughs> Or after it plays, right? Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> um, John, like I said, I, I I know you guys are still in the early stages, but have you have you had the opportunity to uh, engage with with other communities that are doing light projects? Yeah. And, and you can share a little bit about those experiences. Yeah, very much so, and that's the nature of the upcoming summit. I'd like to share with you and your audience. Um, so. Um, the, the town of Cary is adjacent to Raleigh's next to, and they're very, they've been very for, forward thinking on smart city technologies. They've deployed what's called a LoRa WAN network mm -hmm. um, across the city, um, at least part of that connectivity, right? And, and openness to everyone having access. And then they're going to put, you know, sensors along it and be able to have nodes of, and they're open into expanding that to the next community but uh the town of Cary has, has been very um for forward thinking in, in smart city technologies and i and i've worked with them before i even got here um so as i said uh when i got here literally on my first day they said hey um we used to have a smart cities conference in this region uh we stopped it and because of COVID and various other things sure. and and they said to me we want to have it again. I'm like, oh, okay, that's going to be my job. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's so the first thing I said to our our CIO, who is relatively new as well, our chief information officer, I said, um, we need to engage the other CIOs from the triangle. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And they 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 meet, they they talk regularly, they're colleagues. But um, it was the new guy reaching out to them and saying, hey, we're going to do this thing again, right? Sure. And because I really wanted their engagement in this thing. Uh, again, I'm a regional economist, right? That's that's how we're going to do this thing. So what what evolved is, um, as I mentioned earlier, the the, the what, we, what we're calling the Connected Triangle Plus Summit, 
on November 9th. Um, we'd invite anyone to attend. It, it will be free to attend. Um, we have some great um, sponsors. We won't get into that, but um, it's really designed. It's a one-day event. There'll be, uh, of course, an inspirational keynote about what this is all about to start. But there'll be two tracks. One track in particular would be how do we work together as a community in smart cities technology? And um, two sessions in that track. One will be the traditional transportation things, but another will be particularly on digital equity and digital um, inclusion. And how do we do that across jurisdictions? Because people are doing different things. So we got to learn. Like, okay, let's not duplicate this thing. Let's, let's just expand it over here, right? Right. Uh, the other track of that will be the traditional, more conference-like, you know, here's a great project in transportation. How do we learn from it, right? And then uh, after lunch, we're having what's called a reverse pitch contest. So uh, our, our friends at a group called Riot, who I think you know in Stafford, I'm um, yep. very much involved in Virginia. Uh, they're hosting uh, a reverse pitch, which is basically you come to us with your smart city solution. So um, all that is available on, on the conference, on the summit website. Um, and um, out of that summit, I, it, it's not a conference, it's a summit. So what's the difference? The difference is, I mean, think about, you know, the president going to a summit versus a conference. Summit. You got to have something. So I, I very much intend for us to be actionable items. And at the end of the sessions, we're all going to, on these breakout, we're going to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try this project. I don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're all going to mention that. And we want everyone's input, whether it be, uh, you know, digital inclusion or, you know, the, the greatest, you know, smart technology and in, in wastewater, whatever it is, right? Um, We'll, we'll try to narrow it a little bit, but um, so the summit will have an outcome and it will have the outcome I want is how we continue to build as a smart region with sure. uh, I like to think of 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 my role and the city of Raleigh's role as um, a collaborative leader in, in building a smart region. And that's that is uh, that's absolutely awesome, because at, at the at the end of it, you know, the and we kind of touched on this before, the, mm. the technology helps quality of life across the board, yeah. right? It, the, the technology doesn't know neighborhood, it doesn't know demographics, it doesn't know economic status, it knows how to improve. And I think that's that's awesome, um, this initiative yeah. that, that you guys are doing. And, and in particular, my friend, that you're leading down there. It's, well, um, I appreciate it. And I, I'll just, I'll just, if anyone's wondering, um, again, everyone at a policy level is very uh, cognizant of, of um, you know, personal identification information and data, mm -hmm. as, as well as the protection of that data. I, first of all, not collecting it. Second of all, the protection of it. So whole data security governance is a foundation of this, including in this whole new world of uh, distributive AI. Uh, yes, yes. It, it it's coming fast and furious, and uh, we're we're actually um, not my but IT is developing an interim policy on you know a how do we use this how do we don't use it how do we use it just in city work right um, so um, I don't think we're going to get too much into that in our summit but that's the 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 big big kahuna on the horizon and we have to start talking about these things because it happens so fast these days.
Absolutely. And, and John, you really you you beat me to my last note here was to, to ask about privacy and, and, and governance yeah. and 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 how what is the plan to handle that? Um, um, and the other piece that goes with that is security. Right. Yeah. We got we got a ton of threat actors out there yeah. that were as as the and I'll use B, but as that program grows, um, I read a report where there's there's 8 million households that are going to be connected through that yeah. program. OK, whether that's numbers correct or not, I don't know, yeah. but we'll use it. Yeah. So you got to if, if you just think through that, OK, you're going to connect 8 million households. Let's say conservatively, there's five devices in each house that gives those threat actors, you know, 40 million devices to try and get into. Now you start throwing um, the, the, the AI world on there. You're talking about all these devices. That's got to be a big challenge for you guys. It is. And um, believe me, that's um, um, the White House just came out with some more directives on that. Um, I've, I've met and worked with our um, chief information security officer here in the city. We're very aware of all these things. So first and foremost, um, you know, keeping personal identification data private is number one. We don't do that in government, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there are cameras, but, you know, it's not about facial recognition unless it needs to be. In the case of a nefarious act, you want to know what this person looks like, right? But only yeah. in that case, right? Um, and, um, but then there's the whole um, data security at the personal, you know, you know, Everyone has to be aware that these things have to be protected, and 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 some of it, you know, is built into the products, and you know, the, the you know, hopefully the economy evolves along with this to say, you know, those products that are the safest and most secure will be the products that rise to the top, right? In a market sense, right? right? Sure. Sorry, I'm an economist, <laughs> but there's always the you know part of the market that may not have that. So it is a is a major concern and that's part of the, the education process too. I mean, my own apartment, you know, I can unlock my door when I get in the building. Well, that data is out there, right? I, I really don't know that people know if it's unlocked or locked, right? Not that I have anything of value, but um, <laughs> um, so um, that's all part of the, the education process as well, um, mm -hmm. which is again, something we have to do at a, at a at the at the right way for the for the different you know segments of the population sure sure well john my friend we've uh we've run out of time here but this this has been uh this has been a joy i'm uh, glad i had an opportunity to catch up with you again thanks charles uh, i appreciate it and um, um appreciate your your listeners and viewers um please share with them the the, the our summit if you would uh, it's not that far absolutely. put that yeah. up uh, yeah. on the post yeah. And uh, my friend, we look forward to uh, doing this again soon. I'd love uh, that. Again, it's uh, I want to I want to get back with you as as you guys get down the road a little bit, sure. and uh, you know maybe we'll 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 take the trip down and we'll we'll do this in your office down there. And, uh, okay, that'd be great. Get some uh, some visuals of some of the some of the great uh, programs and projects that you guys are doing. That'd be great, Charles. Look All right, I'm hold you to that. All right, remember, folks, the power to close the digital gap lies in each and every one of us. By championing digital inclusion, advocating for equal access, 
and embracing technology's potential, we can create a world where everyone has a fair chance to thrive in the digital age. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Be well.